Good day, everyone. Jeff Cross here. Um, you can contact me at jeffcross22 at gmail.com um, and just about any social media platform there. You can do that. Um, again, jeffcross22 at gmail.com. Well, today's guest, um, he's an Iowa native. Uh, he coaches uh, men's and women's golf. Um, he's been officiating since 2003. And now he, uh, he officiates all levels from Division One all the way down to JUCO and NAIA. Um, he's, uh, he's been able to work some uh, uh, national tournaments, conference tournaments. Um, he's uh, very fortunate to have some great mentors in his life. And we are really anxious to hear what uh, this gentleman has to say about, um, you know, teaching young athletes and how it relates to uh, what he does in officiating and, you know, things that improvements he's making when it relates to coaching and in improving and officiating Carson Haddle. Are you there, Carson? Mr. Cross, how are you? Good, brother. How are you? Good. I just hope I can deliver and follow through after that uh, lead up. Yeah, well, listen, the pressure's on, huh? <laughs> there, we, there we go. There we go. It was pretty. It was a pretty easy intro to do. You have a nice <laughs> there, so that's nice. Um so you you played some golf today? Uh, we we had in uh, in the Des Moines area. There was the Des Moines Junior uh, tournament. It's a two day tournament, and I had a number of kids that were playing in that tournament today and tomorrow. So I went there to just watch them and support them. Uh, no, no 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 coaching on my end. Just just being there and uh, watching and supporting them, and then also watching some other kids from different parts of the state. So. Awesome. It was a beautiful day here in Des Moines. Yeah, the weather's pretty decent here too. You know, well, actually, it's a little warm in in the Chicagoland area. We're looking at about ninety degrees, so I'm not sure what you're dealing with there. Yeah, comparable, but thankfully we have a a pretty nice breeze to make it not as bad. Good. Yeah, we that's that's the way Midwestern like to do. We like to you know make we like to add something to the weather to make it not as bad. You know, it's nice. Oh, there's a breeze. It's good. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's not partly cloudy. It's partly sunny. It's a dry human. It's okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen, let's get into things here. Just um, walk me through or walk us through, you know, I, I guess the first thing I, I feel like we should need to know is how you got into coaching. And you say you're a golf coach. I'm assuming because you are passionate about golf and enjoy that, that, that sport. But how did you say, you know what, I want to coach these kids and in, in golf sure um you know so going through and doing my undergrad um went to the university of northern iowa to get my education degree and uh the first couple of years you know freshman sophomore year was um still thinking i was going to go that route but was still playing quite a bit um as far as golf goes and i did uh uh, with golf as it relates to the PGA to kind of go that golf route, whether it's the golf business or, or playing, uh, playing route for golf, uh, you have to do what's called the PAT, which is the playing ability test. And my, uh, my sophomore year, I decided that I was going to go and, and, and train for that and do that, uh, which is 36 holes of golf. And based on the course that it's on, you have to score a certain score uh, or better. Uh, based on that course with slope uh, and and the course slope and rating. And, you know, I passed that just to keep my window open and uh, decided to continue to go the, the education route to get my degree. And 
and uh, didn't want to stop being around the game and still wanted to be, um, I guess, involved in it in a way other than just, you know, playing uh, for, for fun and, you know, got, got my coaching endorsement. And uh, so that way I could coach and, you know, started out coaching golf and uh, basketball and uh, football, uh, did tennis. And, you know, kind of as the, 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 you know, years went on and we, my wife and I started a family, obviously those things got scaled back and, uh, just, uh, and then with officiating, you know, obviously the, the basketball coaching, uh, that, um, got scaled back to focus on officiating and, uh, stuck, stuck with the golf just because it's something that I was fortunate to grow up doing. And, uh, my, my mom and dad, you know, provided me with some great opportunities to go play in tournaments throughout the state of Iowa and just, you know, really got a great appreciation for the game, you know, from them or uh, from my grandparents. And uh, it was just something that's kind of always been part of what I do. And, um, you know, just kind of that love for the sport and the appreciation of it and, you know, how, how you conduct yourself, uh, you know, meeting other people, um, you know, learning the game, just all those things. Uh, you just really kind of get a great appreciation for, what it is and to try to get others to you know whatever their goal is you know like with the kids that are going out we have kids with all abilities you know mm -hmm. just to at, at, at the end of the day uh you know you're trying to help them uh learn how to conduct themselves out in the course by being a good person and 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 if their goal is to you know maybe be fortunate to play uh you know two-year college or four-year college what, what uh, whatever level that is d1 d2 or three or even nai is to, you know, hopefully uh, give them some things that can help them maybe achieve that goal. And if their goal is to only go out to learn the game uh, or from a social standpoint, then, you know, uh, again, same goal. How, how do you conduct yourself out in the course so that way after you go to uh, a two-year or four-year college or maybe you go to work right away after high school and you're out at a golf outing, like let's say a four-person best shot or something, or you're going out with some friends, you at least – know how to kind of act on the course and conduct yourself. So let me ask you this question because I, there's a few things that you've said in here that I really want to get, get to, but the first one is what is more difficult for you? Cause I coach baseball and I spent some time coaching softball and I even had a, you know, a cup of coffee at coaching soccer. <laughs> so, yep. you know, yep. I've coached these kids and I played all of them except for soccer. I really had to teach myself how to play soccer. Um, what would you say is uh, easier, harder, however you want to say this, um, teaching the game of golf or playing the game of golf? Well, I think I think it it, it depends upon the kid or the team, the golfers that you're going through and working with, because if you're going through well, I'm going to stop a, you. I'm going to stop you for one second here because I, I, I'm going to rephrase it because I want to make sure we're going in the right direction here. Okay. All bets aside, you have a choice. Nothing, nothing's getting in your way. Age, money, whatever it is, would you much rather play it for a living or coach it for a living? I, I would say I would rather play it okay. because I, I, I absolutely love being just around the sport. Mm. Okay, good. Now, yeah, tell me a little bit more. 
about why you want to play it opposed to coach it. Cause my guess is you've had some really good experiences at both sides of that. A- a- absolutely. You know, and, um, you know, for, for, for me, uh, you know, personally, I mean, I, I love to go out and compete, you know, whether it's, uh, if I'm with some of my other friends, uh, or if, if I'm going out and, and playing with some of the, uh, golfers on the team, uh, yeah, we're going out to have fun, but we're still going out to compete against each other, mm-hmm. uh, to, to then, you know, if, if, if you're going to, whether it's, you know, we're going out and playing 18 holes and, you know, you get me today or, you know, vice versa, you know, my, my hope is, is that I beat you or you beat me on my best day and that I didn't get you on a day that you were maybe off a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, I think like, with like a lot of us, I mean, with whatever we do, I mean, to a degree we're uh, like with golf competing against ourselves in the course, but you're also, uh, you know, depending who you're with, maybe competing against them. Mm-hmm. You know, but but the, but the great thing with the game of golf is that ultimately you're competing against the course. So uh, for one person or for me, uh, what, what I may shoot may be really good for me. And for someone else, that may be really bad for him, mm-hmm. you know. But so so I guess that's uh, ki- kind of uh, kind of the reason behind that one there. So we've, we've got it squared away. If, if you had a choice, I would love you would love to be able to play it. But absolutely now. I'm going to, I'm going to twist this question up for you. What's the best experience you've had coaching a kid compared to playing a kid? What's, where's your best, you know, best memory, I guess, you know, Oh, the best, my, my, my best memory now is definitely working with the kids. And that's something, um, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've, de- I was definitely fortunate to have some great opportunities, you know, playing in different tournaments or qualifying for, uh, because of playing well in this tournament to be able to qualify for uh, like a regional or a national, you know, so, I mean, kind of like the tier approach, you know, you got to play well in this one to move on, but you know, it's, it's when you're going through and working with the kids today or whether it's my, my own daughters, you know, I have three girls, uh, they, they are more social uh, in the approach as far as, yeah, Hey, let's go out and golf. You know, they they don't do tournaments or things like that. But I, I now have more joy working with the kids or working, taking my daughters out to the golf course and just seeing them uh, either get better mm-hmm. uh, from, from whatever that means for each one of the kids uh, or, you know, figuring out, you know what, this is actually a pretty fun game mm-hmm. uh, or seeing something click that they just struggled with and couldn't figure out. Then all of a sudden, because of, either phrasing it some way or uh, working on some drill in a different way or introducing something else to help them practice to be able to do something like seeing it click and then seeing them do it and execute it. Uh, I mean, that, that's a pretty neat thing. That's a pretty neat thing. Uh, you know, as a coach that for me, there's no better feeling. And, you know, I want you to chime in here. There's no better feeling than all of a sudden getting, whether it's a kid that you've been teaching or even a parent of the kid to understand the reason we're going through a process. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know, the, you know, absolutely. If you're teaching whatever, you know, par every hole or whatever it is. And then if you get the kid to understand, or you get the parent to understand, Hey, we're not always shooting for the hole in one. 
you know, sometimes we're, you know, the strategy is to go for the par or the go for, you know, let's save some strokes here for the next hole, upcoming hole that I know that I can birdie or whatever that is. That means so much to me because me as a, you know, person who deals obviously just like yourself with, with kids all the time is when they understand what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to get it, it just makes it so much easier to go back to work the next day. It does, you know, and, and that, that, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, uh, it's maybe kind of weird for some people that are going to hear this with golf, but with other sports, it's natural for us to say, Hey, we're going to go out and scout our opponent. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to go out and know what tendencies are, uh, like with baseball or softball, you know, cause like when, when my daughters uh, were growing up, you know, I coached, you know, uh, a couple of them through uh, up until last year. And now I just to get to support them as a, as a parent, you know, but that idea uh, from a coaching standpoint with other sports, I mean, we automatically assume, Hey, we're watching game film. We're knowing tendencies. We're knowing what uh, we're, we're going to see based on these different situations. But with golf, it's the same, it's the same thing. You know, like we're going to go to a course, whether it's for an invitational, which is an 18-hole meet in Iowa, or whether it's districts or state, you know, and we're going to go do practice rounds there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going we're, we're, we're to pull up the course. Uh, you know, there's tons of different apps that you could use, but we're going to pull up the course, do a flyover of each, co- of each hole, and each one of the kids, we're going to develop a game plan and a strategy of what you're going to do on that hole so then that way, when you go to do a practice around there, you know that that game plan and strategy, that's what I'm going to stick to or I need to modify it, mm. you know. So so with, with golf, I mean, it's weird for some people to look at it this way, but you approach it just like any other sport where you're you're having a game plan, you're, you're visualizing what you're going to do, you're seeing yourself doing it, and then you're executing it. I mean, the thing I love to say is whether you're going to go through and hit a you know, 280 yard, you know, drive off the tee with a little draw or whether you're going to go through and you have a one foot putt for you to save par or to make that birdie, or maybe it's to save bogey. Everything you're doing is an athletic event. Like you have to see yourself, you have to visualize it and then you have to commit and do it, mm-hmm. you know? So I like what you said there. Everything you do, every action you take, is an athlete, you have to treat it like an athletic event, you know, and, I, and I've never heard it said that way. And it really resonates with me because, you know, I, I always stress, I, I tell the kids, Hey, listen, I'm always watching how you run on the field, how you run off the field, how you come up to practice. I'm watching all that stuff, but I like it better to me when I, when I heard it, it sounded better. Oh, hold on. Is that you? Sorry. I'm trying Not- to. That's all right. <laughs> Get some buttons going there. All right. Yeah. Um, but how you said it is is so important. It, you know, you have to treat it like an athletic event, and I like that. I think that's yep. that's very good verbiage, and that um, that that can help resonate with others. So, yep. one more thing I want to touch on before we shift gears, and this is my opinion, obviously, but this is my observation. Golf is, as you said, you know, you have to, you know, uh, teach them how to play the game and teach them how to, you know, I forget the exact words you use, but I look at it as, as discipline, you know, and, and control. When you're on the golf course, you need to show self-control. You need to show self-discipline. 
you know, you need to play the, cause it's not monitored by people that can, you know, that are watching your step you take. And, you know, you, you are on the, you know, air quotes honor system to say, Hey, that's a penalty stroke, or I get a free drop here or whatever that might be. So it requires extreme self-discipline and um, self-control. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 the one of the few games, if only games, where you're you're monitoring it based on who you're playing with within the group and or yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then, one of the challenges with that though is is that you may have kids that legitimately don't know the rule and will go through and do something and not know that they're doing something wrong just because they don't know what they don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So that's one of the other things is that you have to go through and, and anybody has to go through in any sport. I mean, you have to teach the, the, uh, the why behind the rule to then know how you go through and adjudicate it in the proper situation. Uh, or, or if you don't know, like what we always say, is, hey, you play two golf balls, so then that way when you have, uh, whether it's your, your rules committee, which if it's a, a dual meet or uh, like with another school or an invite, it's, it's a group of coaches, or when you get to districts or state, you actually have PGA professionals that are there. So that way you've provided an option for them to hopefully choose what one was the right way to do, but you didn't put yourself in a situation because of not knowing the rule, where now you may have to go through and get disqualified, mm-hmm. you know? So that's another, that's another component is going through different scenarios with the kids and, 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 and understanding the, the why, the why behind it. And this is why the rules in place, you know? So I love it. I love it. I wish, I actually wish the real world worked in ways like that. We're like, man, I don't know if I should go right or left. I'll tell you what, you go right, right. I go left. We'll see what happens. See, you know, right, at the end, right. we'll see which one was correct. And yep. I suppose there's ways to do that. But so, all right, so let's shift gears into officiating. Let's, let's, let's just really break down how, you know, for someone, there's lots of people out there that don't golf, but I'm going to go with, you know, these are just obviously made up numbers, but I'm guessing real close to 100% of the people that officiate basketball played in some sort of competitive sport, whether it be, you know, baseball, softball, basketball, golf, swimming, air hockey, something, right? They absolutely yeah. it and that's why that so when we officiate, you know, what do you think, you know, we've talked about self-discipline, self-control. Um, you know, how do you think that relates into your officiating world? I want to talk about that. And then I also want to, you know, really dive into, you know, the coaching part of, of golf. We all have to coach, even though we are officiating, we have to coach our partners when we're at camps. We have to coach ourselves a lot of times. Sometimes we have to, you know, I'm using the the, the word coach, but we're, we're educating people. So, you know, walk me through what you think, how you think, you know, coaching a sport and officiating a sport relates in the good and the bad sure so i think you know one of the key things from a coaching standpoint is that you have you have to know your kids you you have to know uh goals you have to know personalities you have to know strengths uh challenge areas um of, of 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 the kids that you're going through and working with so then that way with whatever then they're coming to you with and starting with where they are and you know where they want to go. Hopefully at the end of the day, 
you can help them get there to the best of their ability and the best of the ability that I have coaching them. Um, but if you don't know what the end, what, what, what the end of the tunnel or what, Uh Oh, Carson, you there? Carson. I would, are you there, Jeff? Okay. I am. Buddy. So Go then, ahead. so then I would take that as that, that idea from an officiating standpoint is, I mean, what, whatever position I may be within the crew, uh, whether it's the R, U1 or U2, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're, we're all there to give those teams, the coaches, the fans, everybody that's involved in the game, the best product that we can give them to the best of our ability. And to hopefully by going through and doing that, you know, each one of us, like I, I bring uh, things that I am, am strong in, uh, that I have great confidence in, uh, to to the crew that I'm that I'm with, I, and I also bring things into the crew that, you know, I, I have challenges with, uh, j- just like the other two people that I'm with. And if we if we collectively know what that uh, may be from a strength or from a challenge standpoint, well, then we can then work towards helping, you know, taking my strength area or taking you know someone else's strength area to help me out with my challenge area, uh, maybe. Uh, the, the idea also of, you know, knowing, uh, Hey, let's take a look at some, uh, plays, you know, plays that right now are uh, an area of concern that we're hearing maybe from, uh, whether it's the NCAA or whether it's from our, uh, coordinator for the conference of that game that we're going to get ready to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are, what are things that, you know, uh, are being communicated, uh, by them? Uh, also, uh, the idea of too, you know, hey, th- these are some challenging plays that, uh, or these are maybe some uh, atypical weird plays that have happened. You know, what what would we do in this situation? How would we go through and just have conversations about that? Uh, so, I mean, ultimately at the end, you know, we're trying to, like I said, get us to be able to work as best as we can to give everybody there that night or that afternoon the best product that we can. So then that way. Whomever goes through and ends up winning won because they played better and we gave them the opportunity to both play within uh, the rules and the parameters of the game. And, and then hopefully everybody thought that, you know what, that was a pretty solid game that those two teams just played. And, and, and hopefully we didn't interject ourselves when we didn't have to. You know, and you're talking about, you know, talking about people's weaknesses and strengths and, you know, being able to identify those things. You know, we do that as a coach, you know, as, as a coach of a baseball team, I, I try to identify this kid has strength and speed. This kid has strength in an arm. This kid has strength in, you know, agility, whatever that is, right. I see those strengths, but on the same token, just because I'm the coach doesn't mean I'm not learning something from that kid, you know, and we, so I'm going to relate that back into the locker room. We got, you know, the crew chief, you one, you two. Well, just because you're you two doesn't mean that you don't have a responsibility to help coach you one or the crew chief, because as we all know, if you're the coach of the team, the coach doesn't know everything. If he's truly a good coach, 
he or she will be very intuitive to what's going on around them with his players and uh, with their teammates and things like that, just like as a crew chief walks in, should be very in tune to what's going on with the, you know, their partners. And, you know, we always talk about we're on the same team, but really we're not really on the same team. I think all three coaches at the same level when it comes to instructing and helping others right. succeed. Yeah, and that, and that and that's a good way to view it. That's a really good way to view it. And I think, too, because it, it helps ensure – and this kind of – how it resonates with people obviously is going to vary, but it also helps ensure a degree of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and, how, and how that's viewed or how a person may think about that, it's obviously going to vary. But when, when you're all vested and hopefully vested to, uh, you know, a high level and whatever it is that you're trying to go through and do, coaching, officiating, working, uh, being a dad, uh, a, a good spouse, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror and know that you did the best that you could at whatever it was that you're going through and trying to do. Yeah, you know, and that is so true with, you know, even, you know, it's so great that you brought up family, you know, dad, spouse, whatever that is, you know, again, you know, my kids, even though they didn't realize that they were coaching me on how to be a better dad. Yep. They were, my wife was coaching me on how to be a better husband. You know, my neighbors are coaching me how to be a better neighbor. That happens daily, but we need to understand if we're really truly going to be elite, you know, elite mindset type thinking, we got to understand our job is not to just be, okay, I'm being a good dad. Well, who says you're being a good dad? You know, are you part of the dad union? We don't know about, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. There's a, there's a big responsibility to continue to educate yourself. And, you know, as I, I say all the time, build mental capital in that regards. So the, the, bigger your mental capital is on being a good father or being a good husband or whatever that is, a good family member, then you are going to elevate in those situations. And, and just to recap a little bit, I think that the, the number, you know, there's two things, but the number one, two things is have extreme self-discipline and extreme self-control. If, because all it takes is, as a dad, you know, or a crew chief or whatever, you know, whatever that scenario is to lose your self-control in a moment can bring you into the bottom rankings of an official. It can bring you into the bottom rankings of, uh, you know, you know, as, uh, with a father or a husband or whatever that is. Because it takes a long time to overcome that. So if you can put that at the front of your brain, always be in control, always be in control, always show the self-discipline. Just like my coach has taught me, just like when I was coaching me, I coach my kids to do that. That is going to be the best case scenario for success. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think uh, to kind of to gauge or to kind of have a reflective opportunity to it is, is to have good things in place that you can use as your, your, your check marks or your checkpoints that, that are uh, accurate, uh, realistic, and, and honest for what you're trying to gauge that to. Because, you know, a person can go through and say, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm doing the best I can at doing whatever it may be. Well, maybe the things that they're considering as gauging that, you know, doing the best or uh, doing a great job at whatever, well, maybe those things that they're reflecting on are not good 
things to use to gauge that concept. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, if, if you go to, I'm trying to, you know, think of an analogy here, but if I go to the um, uh, uh, self-help group where it's uh, struggling husbands who have a hard time staying committed to their spouses and that person says, Hey, you're doing a good job. Well, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hold on here. Let's so, uh, hold on here. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's gauge where, you know, just because, you know, it's, you, you are saying that what, where does that put you in your qualifications? You know, where, you know, can I take that even though, Hey, little Billy told me I'm, I'm a good father. Yeah. Well, um, does Billy even have, you know, something to gauge that off of? Yep. So that's what I think is important too. And I, you know, I talk about this often. You need to surround yourself with people that you want to be like. So if you want to be a good husband, you need to surround yourself with other good husbands. Yep. If you want to be a good official, you need to surround yourself with other good officials. Absolutely. And have that same mindset that people are, and you talked about the word honesty. I think it's a great word. And I always add the phrase to it, you know, honesty. I want at the altar type honesty because there's a big difference, big difference between talking honesty to, you know, someone about the beliefs of Santa Claus and honesty. Of, Did I get a play? Right. You know, big difference. Yeah, I'm being honest. I might be telling a little white lie here because I still want you to believe in Santa Claus where when you and I ask you about a play or I ask you about my actual ability to hit the baseball, I need, uh, kids need honesty. I, I feel better when I can give honesty and parents understand honesty way yeah. better. Even though maybe not what you're here, they understand. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 knowing, and, knowing, and knowing how from a, a coaching standpoint, like, you know, baseball or, or golf for, or for anybody is, you know, knowing how to communicate that in a way where someone doesn't shut down on you, but actually is able to think about it and process it and then either – continue to do what they need to be doing or to understand and think about, well, what do I need to do to get to what I want to try to do? Yep. And this is just my, my uh, experience on this is typically kids, adults, whatever that is, you know, if you're, if you're teaching at a basketball camp, coaching kids, they do shut down when that's all they hear out of you. That's all they hear. But if they hear, you know, honesty and let, you know, they're, you're constantly being honest with them. When they do good, you tell them they do good. When they do bad, you tell them they did bad. You know, and you stay within the honesty. That way, when that difficult honesty comes out, well, hey, listen, Billy, you're just not going to make the cut this year because, you know, we got, you know, A, B, and C are just better than you yep. this year. That's all there is to it. And here's some things that I want you to work on that's going to get you in that spot. But what we tend to do is, well, hey, I don't want to upset you. So what I'm going to do is tell you some half truths that'll hopefully keep you halfway involved, and then you're going to they're going to come back the next year and not be any better improved because we haven't actually told them at the altar type honesty. Right, and it's it's a difficult task, probably one of the harder tasks we have as just as adults in general is to be able to give at the altar type honesty and find the proper delivery in that honesty. Yeah, because if the delivery if the delivery is not delivered in a way in which it can be received, it's never going to be received at all. That's exactly right. And then you're just wasted breath. That's all you wasted breath. So, yep, absolutely. 
Uh, that's great stuff. Great stuff. All right. Well, we're 30 minutes into it, man. We just, it just flew by. We feel like we could go another hour. It did. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, um, sir. So um, just to, just to, just to give everyone a chance, if they want to reach out to you, what is one of the ways they can reach out to you and maybe ask you a question if they have any questions? Yeah, sure. Uh, so email wise, uh, it's a Gmail account. So uh, hats, uh, H-A-T-T-S as in Sam, the number four, golf. So hats for golf at Gmail. Oh, okay. Yeah, at gmail.com uh, would be a great way. Um and probably most everybody has my cell phone number from officiating or some, you could get it from whomever that knows me and pass it on. I mean, more than willing to, you know, pick each other's just brain. Say, and, don't, don't give your cell phone over public. Yeah. And, that, that's, and that's, that's, that's why I'm just saying that I go, if you want it, you can reach out to people that know me and we can touch right. base that way, but email would probably that's be the best route. Yep. And then if you want his cell phone number and you guys want to connect in a, another way, then you guys can exchange numbers that way too. But yeah, just send them an email. You can also send me an email at, uh, it's a Gmail account also. That's jeffcross22 at gmail.com. Um, Carson, before we go, I want to ask you this last question. What book do you recommend or are you seeking out right now? Uh, one of the best ones that I've read is uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read that one, but I've heard a lot of good things about that book. Yeah, a lot of good. Yeah, things. that was so, a, yeah. that that was a book that really pushed my thinking. Uh, it's been a number of years ago since I've read it, but it resonates with anything that you go through and do, uh, and anything that you see in general. I mean, whether it's uh, you know, private sector, public sector. I mean, and you can apply it to uh, coaching, uh, being a hu- husband, uh, or, or sp- to your spouse you know, dad, like we talked about for me, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good gut chuck and a reality to get you, you know, get you thinking. Let me ask you this. This is a question that just popped into my head. Do you find yourself when you know you have a book like that? It's like, man, that thing really had a major impact on me. Do you find yourself going in a couple of years? You know, I got, I want to reread that. Oh, absolutely. And I'll go through when I read, I'll go through and I'll make notes. I'll, I'll highlight stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, Right questions, if that makes sense, you know, like things that I'm thinking of after something I just read, and I'll go back through. I mean, I may not go back through and reread the entire thing, but I'll go through and maybe see what I was thinking or what I had highlighted, and going, yeah, okay, and maybe what I did write down now compared to what I uh, what I wrote down when I first read it, compared to what maybe I'm thinking of now, may still be the same or maybe completely different, just because of stuff that I've gone through or experienced or whatever, you know, but. Yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely something uh, that you can – it's a really neat way to kind of see how either you've kept your same mindset or your mindset's shifted a little bit just because of A, B, or C, whatever it may be. Yeah, and, you know, as we talk about shifted or even maybe it slipped back into the bad mindset again. Yeah, good point. Well, I got to reread because I'm, I'm losing, you know, just it's no different than our diet, right? Oh, yep. I'm on a good diet. I mean, and then all of a sudden you you you, you reflect, a, you know, a year later, two years later and go, hmm, yep. I'm, I'm 10 pounds heavier. What's going on? And yep. then you do some self-inventory there and you go, okay, this was the problem. Yep. Let, me, let me recommit to this book again or this kind of mindset. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, last question, you know, I know you're still very young. How old are you, Carson? Uh, 39, but if you ask my students that I teach, I tell them that I'm 57. 
That a girl. That a boy. Yeah. yeah. No, but th- uh, thir- 39. 39. What is, you know, if you were to, you know, write your own legacy, what would it be? You there? I am. I'm processing. I'm thinking here. <laughs> I love the dramatic pause. Evidently, silence yeah. is going to be your legacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in education, we call that effective wait time. Um, no, I, I guess, I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, I guess what I would say is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, or looking back on it for people that I've had the opportunity to meet, uh, or maybe coach, uh, or, you know, just in general, hopefully when, you know, they, they think of me or what I was going through and trying to do is that, you know what, that was a person that gave me the time of day that cared for me and that wanted me to do what wanted me to do the best that I could do at w- whether it was school, uh, whether it was, you know, coaching, uh, with golf, mm-hmm. uh, like with my kids, you know, hopefully that, you know what, he was trying to be the best dad that he, that he could, or, you know, my wife, you know, uh, yeah, you know what, he was really trying, you know, to do the best that he could, you know? Yeah. And so. I think that, you know, the word is, you know, he was not slacking by yeah. any means. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took, he took the job, whatever that job is, whether it be an officiating, coaching, father, husband, he took that responsibility in that job very personally and professionally. He, he wanted to be the best at that and be as elevated as possible. So I think that's a very good mindset to be in. So that's, that's awesome stuff. So well, Carson, we are at the end of our time here. Um, it's been an, an outstanding pleasure just to just to spend, you know, 30, 40 minutes with you. Um, I can't thank you enough for taking I know you've had a busy day on the golf course and you were able to squeeze me into the day. Um, I know some people out there are going to be listening going, man, that, that was some good stuff. And there's very possibility we may have to circle back and, and try and finish the second half of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. But I appreciate I mean, the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. But I will say this to everyone listening out there, there's something that was said, you know, something that resonated with you, something that you think someone needs to hear about. You must click the share button, get it in someone else's hands. So that way, maybe you do not want to go sign in this situation. You want to be able to help others and help someone um, maybe elevate their uh, their mindset as far as self-discipline and self-control and, and things like that. So um, this is the last thing I want to tell you, Carson, before we hang up, obviously I've already said thank you, but I wanted to make sure that you know this, your kids, three girls, correct? Yes, sir. Are young and very, very impressionable right now, but they are watching everything you do. And I can guarantee they are very impressed with your efforts, buddy. Mm-hmm. So do not stop that. Continue on. Don't be afraid to stretch those kids and stretch yourself um, to, you know, go into the elite part of being a father, husband, and um, the best the best dad you can be. Absolutely. All right, brother. I appreciate your time, man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, see you, Carson. Yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye.